So I was in the shower, you know, staring at the wall as you do, um, thinking, I, I don't know how to drive a fire truck in the snow. And you need to realize that I live in West Texas, um, and it does snow here. I know some of you guys, you don't know about that. You don't know it snows here. You don't know that it gets below 4,000 degrees here, which in the summertime it doesn't. But it does snow. But the problem is it snows just enough here that most of us are confident enough that we're like, you know, I could definitely make it to Walmart. But on the way to Walmart, we'll probably do like four 360s in the middle of the road and hit like 27 little old ladies in slug bugs. That's the problem. Like, I can make it to Walmart. And you get to Walmart and you're like, oh, I made it. And you go inside and you get like your can of Wolf Brand chili. And then you go back and you hit 28 more cars. Um, there's just like this mass chaos carnage of cars on the road. But yeah, so we, we, we do have the snow and I know how to do it, but I'm not very good at it. And the thing is, is I was thinking, like I said, you know, I drive sometimes. It's not very often, but sometimes I get to drive. And I don't know how, like, you know, what do you do to not, you know, become this hurling, like, spinning 360 red rectangle of death, 50,000 pounds of chaos flying down the road in a fire engine? Because, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting kind of decent at driving. Um, I know where to go. And I know, and, and let's be clear here, I do know how to drive the truck. Like, you know, I, I haven't killed anyone yet. Um, either in or out of the truck, so I got that going for me, so that's kind of nice, I guess, but I, I, how do you, you know, what what are the limitations, you know, I gotta, it doesn't snow here, it really doesn't, and the station that I'm at right now, it's got bricks on the road, and bricks are even more slick, you know, when you first start driving, and you drive across, like, a brick road after it's been raining, and you're like, oh, you know, you, you try to pull away from a stop sign or something, and your, tire, your tires spin a little bit, and you got that real short moment where you're like, oh, that was really awesome. But then you realize on the other side of that that when you try to stop, you're not going to stop. And, you know, you should probably stop a little before you run into, like, little old ladies crossing the road. So, yeah, how do I, how do I drive the truck, you know, this 55,000-pound red death rectangle? How do I drive it? in a way that's not going to go, go hurtling downhill at mock speed and just destroy everything in its path. That is the real question. Now, to back up a little bit, all right, we have this thing in my department called Step Up, and Step Up is really awesome. Step Up, so my rank, my official rank is Firefighter. And that's another way of saying I'm a nozzle guy, I'm pipe man, nozzle guy, whatever you want to call it. And I spray the water, right? And I do, I do other things too, obviously. But like, you know, you got our driver, and we're kind of a small department. We have around 30 personnel, and we're paid full time. And we have at, at the station by now, we've got, let's see, we've got two firefighters, two drivers, and a captain. And your drivers drive, obviously, and your firefighters. They're spraying the water, they're doing, you know, the overhaul, the stuff like that. And you got your captain who's kind of overseeing everything, and your captain's hanging out more with your firefighters. That's just how it works, you know. You know how it goes, right? But step up occurs whenever, you know, I pass my little step up test where I prove that I know how to drive the truck. Um, you know, obviously the step up test is not in the snow. 
uh, as entertaining that as a, as as entertaining as that would be, you know, you got your guys who have never even seen a fire truck outside of the fire academy before. They're just jumping in. You're like, hey, buddy, time to take your driving test. And they go take their class B and they, they pass their class B and they're all excited. Well, you got to take a little test after that before you can just start stepping up right away. Right. So step up is when a lowly peon firefighter like myself, you know, they need a driver. And so they look at me, they look down the line, they're like, are you sure we don't have anyone else? Do you really want this guy driving? And, you know, they're looking around back and forth across the room. They're like, oh, can we just call somebody in? And, you know, they call everyone they know, everyone who's ever worked for the department. They call, like, truck drivers. They call everyone they can find. They're like, we got to find somebody who's not this guy, right? And the thing is, is, you know, they're trapped because I got that fancy little Class B. And I can drive. And, you know, like I said, nobody, you know, no one has gotten flattened at the hands of me behind the wheel. And so I got that going for me. So they look at me and they say, okay, fine, you're driver, you're driving today. And I step up to driver. Now, stepping up is the greatest thing ever to driver. Now, specifically stepping up from, from firefighter to driver, um, because here's the thing. Sometimes you got to practice stepping up whenever we do have drivers on shift. And here's why it's the best thing ever. So me as a firefighter, I, when they say, okay, you're practice, step up today, you're in the driver's seat, move your crap. So I go move my crap to the driver's seat and then, you know, I move my, my, my bunkers to like the little back compartment where it seems like all drivers, for some reason, they don't like keeping their stuff in the cab. Like if you're a cool driver, you keep your gear in the back pocket, right? That's what everyone does. So I go move my crap over there. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm driving today. I got to put my stuff back there. That's what cool drivers do. So I move my stuff to the driver's seat and I'm driving, right? And I, I get to drive to the calls. But the thing is, is on fires, a lot of times I will swap um, back to the back seat. And the reason for that is, is so if I swap back to the back seat, then I can be getting my SCBA on and stuff like that because, you know, drivers or chauffeurs or equipment operators, whatever you want to call them, they pump the truck. And you probably don't want some schmuck like me who's kind of practicing just uh, pumping the truck during his practice runs. Now, I know how to do it. I could get it done. But, like, if you've got a guy there who's a real driver, like a real boy, you know, and he can do it for sure, then you don't have him do it. And I'll switch him, and I'll go to the back seat. All right, now, here, here's where it gets interesting. Here's where it gets juicy. This is why being a step-up firefighter driver is the best because I get to drive the engine, which is already, like, the greatest thing ever. Like, you're, you know, you're just mass carnage, chaos, flying at 6,000 miles an hour down the street. You're, this is without the snow. Um, you know, you got your cue siren ramped up at full volume. No one can even hear themselves in the cab because you're just slamming the cue siren. You're air horning every person you see, all the little kids on the street. You know, you got your red lights going. People are pretending to move out of the way to the right, but they're not. They never do. And you get to drive, and it's the greatest thing ever. But if you're practicing, Sometimes when you're step when you're step up practicing, you get to go to the you get to drive to fires, right? But when you get out, when you get to the fire, you don't have to do driver stuff anymore. Like the real driver comes and has to pump the truck. So not only do I get to drive to the fire, but I get to get out when we get there and I get to fight the fire. Now that's like that's like every fireman's dream, right? Like because drivers, it's cool because they get to drive the rig. You know, they're driving the big red death rectangle. They got the cue siren ramped up all the way, but they get on scene, they got to get on the pump panel, you know, and that kind of sucks. They're like, ah, okay, we made it here. I did my thing. 
And I'm going to pull these levers and maybe do some math if I have to, you know, get my guys the water. But then after that, they're like, well, I mean, are you going to be all like hardcore and secure utilities, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds cool, I guess. But, you know, you know, you go pull your utilities. You're a little scared. You maybe poop your pants a little when you pull the electricity meter because that crap is absolutely terrifying. You know, you get back, you go, you go turn off the natural gas and you spin it. You play a little I spy looking for it. And you're like, oh, there it is. I got to go shut that off. Go shut that bad boy down. And then you're looking for the water. You're trying to shut the water off, and you're really wondering where, why. You're wondering to yourself why we even shut the water off. And you're like, oh, man, isn't it if a plumbing line breaks in this fire? Doesn't that kind of help us with the fire? You know, don't we want the extra water spraying around? But, you know, I'm not I'm not the boss here. I don't. I wear the regular hat. I don't wear the white hat. I'm not a red hat. Just a peon fireman, all right? So you do whatever they want. Now, the equipment operator, he's got his job, right? But I've got my job. I jump off the truck. You know, I got my air pack on. I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. So you get to, you know, you get to drive. Sometimes I'm. This is this is kind of, you know, this specific greatest of all time incident uh, is not all that common because, like I said before, you sort of switch with the driver a lot of times. That way you can be gearing up. But sometimes you don't. Like if you're coming in like second due. And you know you're going to have a little bit of time to drive to the scene and then get off and then get your crap ready to go. Um, that's that's when this absolutely just astonishingly great astonishingly great situation comes about. Where you're like, holy moly, I got to drive to the scene. I got to slam the cue siren at people when I went flying around corners. And you're looking at the smoke plume in the distance. And it's like like the most amazing sight you could possibly imagine. And you get there, and there's just this raging inferno on fire. And you're like, well, that's kind of redundant, isn't it? There's like this raging inferno of a building. You get out, and now it's your job to put it out. And you're like, see you later, equipment operator. You just came from the back seat. Now you got to get on the pump panel. I'm going to go have some fun and get hot. It's amazing, right? So, yeah. So, stepping up, dude. Stepping up from firefighter to equipment operator might be the greatest thing you can do, Right? So rant over. I I did that yesterday. Yesterday we actually burned two structure fires. Uh, they were like rock throwing distance from each other, and that's. I think it was because of the snow. We had a sudden snow yesterday, like a sudden cold front come through. It went from I don't know, like a balmy fifty five down to like zero with snow coming down. So that's always fun. People are people who are unfortunately homeless you know, wander into these abandoned homes and they start little fires to try to stay warm, which it's, it's hard to blame them. You know, they could at least maybe try to be a little more responsible with the way they try to stay warm, but it happens. They catch the house on fire. The first house is burning and then the uh, ember wash from the first house flies over and catches one, like three houses down and across the street. So they've got two fires. I actually wasn't on duty. I got called in for emergency call back. It's basically when they're like, We've got way more fire than we have people to handle it, so let's call in some schmucks that aren't usually here. So I go in, and, you know, yeah, so we got to go play. So that was pretty sweet. Two fires the same day in this horrible driving snow, and it doesn't, I mean, it gets cold here, but we're not used to that kind of snow. And at one point, there was even this huge, like, thunderous clap of thunder, right? That's the redundancy again, but there's this huge thunder. And it scared all of us, and it was awesome, and we're all, like, running for our lives. And you know how it goes. So, yeah, so uh, off, 
back up a little bit, right? Um, I'm Brandon Williams. Uh, I work as a full-time career fireman. I am about one year deep in my paid career, and I did almost a full year of volunteer before I did this. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little ways in. Uh, by no means am I outside of my rookie phase yet, and ideally you you stay in the rookie learning phase your whole career because that's responsible as a fireman, you know, a different topic for a different day. But yeah, I'm about two years in altogether. Uh, I work for a small town in the Texas Panhandle. I won't name who it is because all the PC folk will um, probably try to get me fired at some point because I love the Lord and we're going to talk about the Lord here. And so, yeah, small town, West Texas Fire Department. Um, I absolutely love my career. Um, I don't think I could ever do anything else after doing this job. It's amazing. It's incredibly fulfilling. Um, just getting to help people all the time and getting to fight fire and go inside houses and, and get hot and get smoky. It, it's just so much fun, man. And, and it, it's, it's indescribable how someone can come up to you uh, after you're pumping chest on them, you're doing CPR, you're trying your hardest to save them and, uh, they, you see, you know, you drop them off at the hospital and you don't, you're wondering, you know, I wonder if they're okay. And you're thinking about it for weeks and they show up at the fire station a month later and they like, we just want to say thank you for what you did. You you know, you saved my life. And it's like, that's, oh man, that's so fulfilling. And that's, it's the greatest job ever, man. And a lot of you guys, your firemen, you know this and, and no one else seems to get it. Right. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I'm Brandon. I work for full-time paid fire department i'm two years in we're going down the line here uh this show is something that i have been i guess debating with myself on for a while now and you can see the outcome (laughs) uh you're listening to it so uh yeah i decided to go through with it and basically what this show is um you read the title this is the christian firefighter show and what i've noticed is that there seem to be no resources or very few resources um, as to how how a Christian can be strong in faith and navigate the modern-day fire service. And I know that sounds kind of weird, especially to a lot of guys who are like, yeah, we're Christians, we believe in Jesus, uh, you, know, we, you know, we're bad people and we sin. And I know that's a popular conversation among firemen. It's like, we do bad things, but, and then they say something else. Well, it's... It's like it's like this, right? You got a bunch of guys who who honestly do believe in Jesus, right? They believe that God exists, they believe in in Jesus, they know that Jesus saved them from their sins, but they don't really know how to they don't really know what the life of a Christian is all about and they're kind of stuck in this weird trance where working at a fire station, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Working at a fire station um, there's really, really dark humor, and there's really just raunchy things that are said all the time, just out of, and it's just for funniness, right? And you know how firemen go, we're we're drama queens, and we talk all the time about random crap, and it's it's a part of the culture, and whether or not it's a good part of the culture could probably be argued, but the fact that we talk all the time and, and love each other and we're a brotherhood, that's obviously not a bad thing, but I've noticed that a lot of guys are like, yeah, we, we believe in the Lord and stuff like that. But at the same time, they'll turn around and say, but I haven't been a very good Christian lately. You know, and they'll say something that they've done or some things they wish they would do. I get a lot of uh, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I should probably go to church more. And it, it's little things like that that always get me thinking, well, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from, from increasing your faith? What's stopping you from moving in your faith in the right direction? And, and I realized that there's really no, there's no outlet for these kinds of guys, right? Because usually these kinds of people, and, and I'm not saying that, and I'm not being like, well, those people. I'm saying like, for us as firemen, you know, our, our lives are fire. You know, you have to be a little insane to do this job. And I say that almost literally, like you, you can't go day to day, shift to shift, doing what we do and not be a little crazy. Um, because we see outrageous tragedy um, and we see just horrible, horrible things. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but at the same time, you're on, on the other side of the roller coaster on the upside. We get to witness these just fulfilling, fulfilling events, you know, getting to help someone when they truly, truly need it. And it's just this roller coaster of emotion and it just burns you out and you, you can't handle it all the time. And I think this is some of the reason that these guys, they're like, yeah, I want to get better with my faith. I want to, I want to try to do better. I want to get in a better relationship with the Lord and move it on and, and keep it going. And and I want to bring my family into it and it's going to be amazing. But they sort of maybe run into this emotional exhaustion all the time. And a lot of these guys, they either don't know how to handle it or they don't know how to move forward. And I've also noticed there's another category of guys who, who think that for some reason, since they're a part of the fire service and this culture can be so rough and so raunchy, that for some reason that they're outside of the Lord's, uh, like uh, the outside of the Lord's grasp. And they think that, well, I'm too far gone to be saved. You know, it's, it's, I've said these things and I've done these things and I'm a bad person. And, and I just, I might as well just keep on doing what I'm doing because I'm outside the Lord's favor. And that is so, that is so hugely false. And it, it, it baffles my mind how uh, God offers this just, just unending grace and love and mercy to us. And we, I'm not going to say we turn our backs to it because that seems like it's deliberate defiance. And I'm sure there are cases for that, but we, we almost act like it's not there. We're like, well, that's not for me. You know, um, I'm a fireman. I say really terrible things. I cuss and I, I've done things in my past. You know, I have sexual sin and I smoke and, you know, and I drink till I'm drunk every night of my off days. And, all this stuff's going on in my life, you know, how could, how could I possibly be redeemed from that? And I wanted to do this show because that that's heartbreaking to me, man, because God is so good and so big and so powerful and full of grace and love and mercy. And he, he wants you so much to, to give yourself to him and it, it will just improve your life so much, man. And I wanted to start this this podcast, this show, to try to relate things in the fire service back to your Christian faith and how to actually grow in your faith and how to, like I said, how to navigate the modern day fire service from a perspective of faith. And that's that seems kind of wild, but I, I think I've been heavy in prayer over this, and I feel like I'm being called by the Lord to to do it. And I believe that if, if I pursue this faithfully, 
then it will prosper, right? And I have no idea where this goes. Uh, maybe five people listen to it. Uh, maybe I maybe I do a hundred episodes of this, and five people listen to every episode, right? Like, like my whole family plus like two other people. So <laughs> maybe they listen to it, but maybe. Maybe we're 100 episodes deep and maybe there's 5,000 people listening to this, right? And, and I guess the whole premise is, is if, if one person of those five or if one person of those 5,000 people listen to this and they're like, dude, like you've, you've, brought, you've brought a whole new perspective onto faith from the, from the fire service standpoint and, and I've moved along my faith in the Lord and, I, and I've given him my life and stuff like that and like, if that happens with just one person, then how is it not worth at least the effort, right? And like I said, man, this is something that I've been heavy in prayer over, and I feel like the Lord's asking me to do. And basically, here here's the plan. Here's the plan, okay? All right, hear me out. I'm going to talk about firemen nonsense, right? It's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about cue sirens and ramping them up and slamming like old ladies with cue sirens like to where they almost fall over, right? We're going to be blasting people with the air horn driving code three. It's going to be amazing. We'll talk about like really spicy topics like transitional attack and how everyone hates their guts. And we'll talk about like, like raging infernos and looking at sweet interior fire attack. And then all this other nonsense we can think about, right? Like pure fireman bull crappery. But at the same time, we're going to try to bring that back around. And we're going to try to find some correlation, some relation to how can we how can we navigate these circumstances from a Christian standpoint? And I'm not saying like <laughs> I'm not saying, well, how does <laughs> I'm not saying how does a Christian do a transitional attack compared to like a regular guy? It's like, yeah, the Christian has his uh, like fog nozzle of righteousness and he's spraying like this holy water onto the fire and like and he's getting one GPM and it puts out the fifty million BTUs fire. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like we're gonna talk about cool fireman stuff and I'm gonna bring my buddies on and they're gonna come and talk about fireman stuff with me. It's gonna be awesome. But at the same time we're gonna say, hey, you can be a fireman and you can love the Lord with everything that you have. And that improves your life to an absolutely indescribable like is it indescribable like how do you how do you say that word i've heard it so many different ways to a level that can't be described like it the way the way you can live your life um and try to serve the lord and be a fireman at the same time so you get to do the best job ever you know and then you're living the best life ever in serving the Lord and doing whatever you can for him and listening to him and going where he asks you to go and telling your friends about him and, and, and eradicating sin in your life and staying in prayer and all these things. It's so fulfilling. And I just want to bring people the opportunity, right? That's what I'm getting at here. I want to provide, I want to provide some outlet to these firemen that I know and to others who are like, you know, we, we love God but we want to we want to know what it's really like and we want to know you know how do i how do i navigate faith as a fireman in the modern day fire service because we are a rough rough group i'm talking and i'll i'll generalize man i think the whole fire service we're a rough bunch of dudes right and you you've got to separate some of that from from 
what you believe, right? And that, that that's why we're here. Um, and so I have no idea how many of these I'm going to do. I have no idea how many schmucks I can convince to come and join me and talk about God with me and talk about being a fireman with me. And I have no idea where this show is going. I have no idea how long it's going to be. I'm at, let's see, 25 minutes almost. All right. So maybe it's a 25 minute show. Maybe in the future it's two hours long. I'll have to see. It's really just whatever I feel like doing, right? Because I'm a grown man. I do whatever I want. All right. If I want to smack the Q siren at people, I do it all the time, right? Not really. I don't do that. It's uh, irresponsible. Um, but I'm just, I'm just doing this because I feel, I feel called, man. And I feel like there's a need and I looked around, there's nothing like this, um, that I can see and I want to do it. I really do. And it sounds so much fun. And the guys that I've talked to are like, yeah, that sounds awesome, dude. Like we would come and talk with you on that and we would come and hang out and we could all just talk together and we could, we could talk about fireman stuff and then have a, have like a Bible study afterwards, you know, and we'll just get it all record it and we'll throw it up there and people who want to listen that's great man um so i'll finish up this little stint with uh telling you how the lord's been working in my life lately and maybe we keep this going um lately i've been really for the past few years i've been pretty entrenched in um particular areas of sin right and lately i've been really pleading with the Lord to, to, to get rid of it, to eradicate it, to erase it from my life, because I can't, excuse me, because I can't get rid of it on my own. And that sounds so silly to think that, but you look at things that you're doing, pardon me, you look at things that you're doing and you're like, you know, maybe I get mad a little too fast. Maybe I'm quick to anger. And the Bible says you should be slow to anger and you think, well, I'll just try to be a little less angry. And you try to do that. And maybe you, you're okay at it for a little while. But it it gets to where you it's it's exhausting. It's, physically, it's emotionally and physically exhausting. You can't do it. And there's a reason you can't do it. It's because if you could eradicate sin on your own, then what point would we have for Jesus, right? What point would we have? Like, what reason would we have for faith? We wouldn't. You have to trust in the Lord and ask him to get rid of these things in your life and and I've been heavy in prayer asking the Lord to to help me to rescue me from this specific category of sin and it I don't know how to explain it to you but the amount that it's working the amount that the Lord is helping me through this has been unbelievable right and there are side effects to that that I don't even know how to explain to you, but I'll try. Like, not only am I getting better at the thing that I'm trying to get better at, but at the same time, I'm noticing littler sins that I do. I've noticed I'm noticing smaller things that I wouldn't usually notice. I'm usually like, like negative thoughts, even to that degree. Like, I'll know, I'll catch myself with this really negative thought, and I'm sitting here going, "Wow, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't think that way. Maybe I should have some more faith in the Lord." and it's this whole process is dragging me closer and closer and closer and God's pulling me more near. And it's, it's resulting in these things. Like I'm saying, it's like these things I would have never thought of before. And it's like, wow, you know, maybe I shouldn't, whenever I stub my toe, maybe I shouldn't think those negative thoughts in my head, even if I don't say them out loud, you know, maybe you want to just scream out 
to the skies what you're really feeling when you just blast your toe on the bed frame in the middle of the night because you got to pee at 3 a.m. for whatever reason. You're only 24 years old, 25 years old like me. And for some reason, you're already waking up like you're 45 at 3.30 every night because you got to pee and you stub your toe. And I don't know why I haven't put like a Nerf dart, like taped a Nerf dart in that bed frame yet, but maybe I stubbed my toe on it enough times. Uh, maybe I guess I'll, I'll just saw it off or something. My bed will just be a three-legger, you know, and if I roll onto that side of the bed, it rocks down, and maybe I, like, fall off the bed in the middle of the night. That'd be really entertaining, but, oh, man. So, the Lord has been working in my life in a way that he's saying, not only am I getting rid of this sin in your life, not only am I answering your prayer to to make you more Christ-like, to sanctify you, but at the same time, I'm doing more than that. You know, God is saying, I'm doing more than that for you because, you know, and I'm showing the initiative and I'm saying, I, I trust you, Lord. I'm coming to you in faith. And I'm saying, I need help. And he's saying, dude, you have the help that you need because he's God, right? He's saying, dude, you have the help that you need, but you have so much more than that. And look at what happens when you trust me and you love me and you, you seek me. And so that's been a really, really neat experience for me. And like, I, I can't explain the the utter level of of devotion it causes me to have and and how it uncovers things I need to be better at and it's it's so eye-opening man and I want to share that with everyone else right and like I said this is this is why I'm here this is why I'm sitting down in front of this little mic that I got now you're gonna have to forgive me um I don't know how I don't know how to do this so I have the fancy mic and I figured out how to set it up uh, it's currently on top of a white box that's sitting on top of my desk. Uh, I think the quality's pretty good. Let's see if can you hear my chair? Oh, you can. Oh, you can totally hear it. I can see the little, the little boopy thing on the soundbar. You know, when I squeak the chair, uh, my microphone picks it up and it's like squeaky. So yeah, so I'm I'm trying to figure this out. I don't really know how to edit. I don't really know. Um, like I said, man, I'm just coming after this as sort of a leap of faith here and and. It's going to go wherever the Lord wants it to go. And and I pray, I pray that no matter what I say that that you would only hear, that you'd only receive what is what is God breathed, right? And by that I mean like if I if I accidentally and I certainly will never do this on purpose or I, I yeah, yeah, I'll never do this on purpose and I'm not even un I, mean, I was going to say unless it was unintentional, but you know, I'm stupid. That's the same I already said on purpose, but not on purpose. I will not lead you in a direction that is not uh, Christ-breathed, not intentionally. Um, if I if that ever happens, I pray that it will fall on deaf ears. You know, I hope that it's just a whoopsie, and if I don't catch it, then it won't resonate with you. But I, anything that I say, I just pray that whatever you receive, like I said, is Christ is Christ-breathed into me, and and I, that's a continuous prayer that I have. And I, I just want to share my experience with you. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm anything that I'm not, because I'm nothing special. I'm just a guy who's here. I love my job. I'm a fireman. I'm 25 years old, and I'll be in the fire service until the day that I die, because I don't think I can get out at this point. It's so amazing in every way. But I, I just want to, I just want to share what I believe with you guys, and I want to promote it throughout the fire service, and I want to provide an outlet to those guys who are like. 
we want to get better, but we don't know how. We want to learn more, but we don't know how. And I, I just want to, I want to talk about those things, and I want to flesh out those things, and I want to talk about my Christian friends about those things, and that's why we're here. So, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe I'll do, I'll do the next one in a week. Maybe it'll be tomorrow if I get really pumped up. You know, I'm like, oh yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it might be two weeks from now. I have no idea. We'll just have to see how it goes. But for now. Um, yeah, this is the show. Um, this has been one really long take. I'll try my best to make it sound kind of nice. Um, no, no guarantees. I'm just a schmuck with a computer and a microphone that I got um, on top of a white box on a, on a one of those like white <laughs> resin roughneck desks. <laughs> this is so ghetto. You should see it. But uh, yeah, hey, thanks for listening. Um, I'll be around. Uh, yeah, holler at me, man. I'll catch you in the next one.